Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis. Pulse 95. The party of the group, mm-hmm. the party of the elites, they're all getting ready and it is the big G7 that happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, it concluded yesterday. It concluded yesterday. It started on Friday the 11th and it concluded yesterday, Sunday. And uh, world leaders, basically, they gathered in uh, the Corniche Resort of Carbis Bay for face-to-face meetings at the summit of G7 nations. And basically, the G7 uh, is an organization of the world's seven largest so-called advanced economies. Um, they are Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the United States. Now, China has never actually been a member, despite its large economy and having the world's biggest population because it's relatively um, low level of, of uh, wealth per person means it is not seen as an advanced economy in the way the G7 members are. But um, discussing discussing uh, what happened uh, over the weekend. Now, the G7 leaders in Cornwall, um, looking at who was, av- who was actually present. Now, leading the summit was Boris Johnson, of course, from the UK. Justin Trudeau was there from Canada. Uh, Emmanuel Macron from France was there. Angela Merkel from Germany was there as well. Uh, Mario Draghi from Italy. Uh, Yoshihide Suga from Japan. Of course, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden from the U.S. And Ursula von der Leyen representing the EU, even though the EU is not a member of the G7, but is usually part of the G7 summits. Now, during the summit, they discuss a lot of important things. And uh, at the heart of the three-day meeting was actually the response to to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was the biggest issue that they had uh, on their agenda for sure to discuss. And Boris Johnson, uh, in particular, hailed a big step towards vaccinating the world. He discussed this actually yesterday on the last day of the summit. As the G7 made new commitments to provide guests, get what, get this, um, one billion doses to the poorest countries. That is their commitment now. And the richest nations promised a great global recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. So now they're pledging one billion doses to the poorest countries. And that was like the biggest uh, headline uh, on their agenda that that happened uh, yesterday. So according to Boris Johnson, he said after the discussion in Cornwall, uh, England, he said there has been a fantastic degree of harmony. Uh, we set a target to vaccinate to vaccinate the world by the end of next year. And the group said it would also fund or redirect the supply of one billion doses in 2021 to less advantaged countries, having secured 870 extra jabs at the summit itself. And... Um, Total G7 commitments since the start of the pandemic provide for a total of over 2 billion vaccine doses with the commitments since we last met in February 2021, including here in Carbis Bay, providing for 1 billion doses over the next year. And those were the words uh, of the um, the official communique of the meeting. So this is what really happened. That was like the major headline over there. There were other other discussions as well that took place at the summit. Yeah, there was uh, climate change is also another aspect yeah. that uh, we'll talk later on in the program about. And uh, but we're just looking at just, just looking at the G7 as a whole. Um, it's great that world leaders, the, a big diplomatic event took place, and it's great that it was also uh, a public appearance of the Queen, which is really good, great to yeah. see. Um, Joe Biden even said uh, that the Queen reminded him of his mother 
And uh, he had invited the Queen to visit their White House, which is really good to see. Uh, in terms, I don't of know if that's appropriate for him to say <laughs> to the Queen of England. Like roughly the same age. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, jo- jo- well, you know, the Queen has that persona, and Joe right, Biden right. has that vibe of uh, flattering people and overwhelming them with some great words and kind words that he has had to say. Um, but, you know, when you talk about G7 as as an organization and an existence, uh-huh. it seems like a very ceremonial event. Everyone's exchanging gifts. Everyone's happy. There's a, a one directional approach to saying, all right, we need to counter China's influence. And uh, yeah, and, and China coming back with some responses saying that, you know, you, you, the world can't be controlled by just a group of you know, these seven countries or whatever. And if you call them the biggest economies, surely... You've got to take into question uh, or consideration India. India is a massive economy mm-hmm. and it's not part of the G7. Yes, it is part of the big greater G20 or wherever. But then when it comes to this G7, it's 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 like the cool kids of the big group are meeting together. Mm. Uh, so they have the G20s, they have this G7. And uh, it's just... Uh, it, is it really required that this summit is happening and 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 then was it really necessary but it did get the global attention yeah uh, it did, of course yeah and the goal mm. of vaccinating 1 billion people great idea but is it really going to be implemented that's the big question mark because exactly. everyone likes to make a bit of a they extra want it, they cash. want it, they want to be implemented by the by the end of next year i believe they want to vaccinate like a billion more people mm. but uh, we'll see how that goes. But going back to China, it was a major focus for sure of the G7 deliberations with the White House pushing hard in public and private for coordination between the countries on supply chain resilience and technology standards so that democracies are aligned. Now, now the members of the group were particularly concerned about parts of the Chinese economy that were underwritten hmm. uh, by Western consumer demand. Um, there's a... a a statement coming out saying that the U.S. and our G7 partners remain deeply concerned by the use of all forms of forced labor in global supply chains, including state-sponsored forced labor of vulnerable groups and minorities and supply chains of the agricultural, solar and garment sectors, the main which is which are like basically the main supply chains of concern uh, in China. Of course, the chi- China responded saying that a small group of countries don't mm. rule the world. Yeah, <laughs> uh, They said that we always believe that countries big or small, strong or weak, poor or rich are equals and that world affairs should be handled through consultation by all countries. And that is according to a spokesperson um, for the Chinese embassy in London. Um, and uh, as for the Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi said he, the group was ready to accept American thinking but still wanted to keep lines open with China yeah look m- most of the the, the, the summits and this this the grand uh, diplomatic efforts are, are very U.S. centric for sure, and mm-hmm. the U.S. is a very dominating uh, country in terms of, uh, of of organizing and orchestrating these summits. And yes, uh, a lot of the countries that up make up the G7 are very valuable uh, states in terms of uh, global geopolitics, but. Uh, uh, you've got to also to consider what, what China has had to say. And uh, it, it may be gone are the days that, you know, as they say, a small group of people or countries should be dominating it. Uh, but um, on on any sort of diplomatic um, or 
uh, or political viewpoint. Let's put those aside uh, and just talk about the, what's been pledged. Firstly, it's the, it's the climate change aspect. It'll get you some thoughts of uh, an interesting person uh, as well. Uh, the other aspect is the 1 billion vaccine doses. To what extent is that going to be used as a political influence tool by these G7 countries? Yes, they're going to donate these billion vaccine doses, but there are no free lunches. <laughs> to what extent can they go up to some country such as, you know, wherever in Africa and say, look, we'll give you the doses, but you've got to do this in your fiscal policy. You've got to do this in your monetary policy. You've got to do this in your economic policies or your or foreign policy or military uh, bases or wherever is required. Uh, you know, to what extent is that going to be used as a as a, 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 a diplomatic and political influence on those states? You never know who's going to monitor that. Uh, but looking at the world of um, climate change, someone very well known has had something to say. Of course. Greta Thunberg. I knew it. <laughs> and she came back and said the climate and ecological crisis is rapidly escalating. G7 pours fantasy amounts into fossil fuels as CO2 emissions are forecast for the second annual, uh, for the second biggest annual rise ever. The G7 leaders seem re really seem to be having a good time presenting their empty climate commitments and repeating old, unfulfilled promises. Of course, this calls for a steak and lobster barbecue celebration while mm. jet planes perform aerobatics in the sky above the G7 resort. So, mm. clearly, not She's that She's not happy. happy. No. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, the reality at the moment. But we'll we'll get we'll delve into the uh, the climate change uh, pledges uh, in greater detail for sure. But uh, do stay tuned to Pulse ninety five. This was our analysis of the famous G seven meeting. And uh, if you've got any particular thoughts, do drop us a text on four two one five. Next, we shift our focus a bit more locally in terms of uh, uh, the Abu Dhabi's requirements on the on the that green. Al Husn to access malls. That's uh, interesting to see in terms of how that is going to be implemented. So do stay tuned and stay with us here on the Morning Majlis. We'll be back after a bit more of our musical entertainment. The Morning Majlis, talking the stories that are shaping headlines. This is, this is Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95 and a very warm welcome back onto the Morning Majlis. Now, uh, we've been talking about this uh, at the start of the program and uh, just a bit of a reminder for all of you who are joining us now is, of course, over the weekend, uh, over the last few days, we had the big G7 meeting and that was uh, the... Uh, biggest uh, thing that happened on the global scale and David Attenborough had warned that you humans could be on the verge of destabilizing the entire planet. So climate change had to be uh, something that had to be discussed and mm. there has been an announcement recently by uh, the G7 who promised to move away from coal plants unless they have technology to capture carbon mm. emissions. So What's going on at the moment? Well, this comes as uh, Sir David Attenborough warned that basically humans could be on the verge of destabilizing the entire planet 
uh, with this. And he said that G7 leaders face the most important decisions in human history, especially at a, such a, a dire time that the world is going through. And the call announcement came from the White House, basically, which said that it was the first time the leaders of wealthy nations had committed to keeping the projected global temperature rise to 1.5 Celsius. Now, that requires a range of urgent policies and uh, chief among them being facing out or phasing out coal burning unless it includes carbon capture technology. We know that coal is basically the world's dirtiest major fuel and ending its use is definitely seen as a major step by environmentalists. But they also want guarantees that rich countries will deliver uh, on previous promises to help poorer nations cope with the, the climate change situation. So basically, the G7, they pledged to end the funding of new coal generation in developing countries and offer up to $2.8 billion to stop using that fuel. And climate change definitely has been one of the key themes at the three-day summit in uh, Cornwall, one of them being obviously the pandemic, the other one being climate change for sure, and one of them as well, they discussed uh, the, the, the situation with China as well. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 great in terms of uh, the the idea behind the fact that they want to reduce uh, their carbon emissions and the footprints. But uh, to what extent is going to get going? That's that's a big problem here, isn't it? They they mm. are uh, they said they will commit to protecting thirty percent of global land and marine areas for nature by twenty thirty. They are also expected to pledge to almost halve their emissions by twenty thirty relative to 2010 levels. The UK has already surpassed that commitment. Prime Minister Boris Johnson also said that uh, uh, that, that this is this is something that uh, they, they need to, to get it done, isn't it? And mm. uh, um, what's the reaction like that? Sir David had sent a video message to the G7 uh, leaders saying the natural world today is greatly diminished. Our climate is warming fast. That is beyond doubt. Our societies and nations are unequal, and that is sadly pain to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, climate change, it's a, it's a big issue that we're facing. The Earth's average uh, temperature is about 15 degrees Celsius. That's about 59 degrees Fahrenheit, but has been much higher and lower in the past. Uh, but there are natural fluctuations in the climate, but scientists say temperatures are now rising faster than any other time. And this is linked to the greenhouse effect, which describes how the Earth's atmosphere traps some of the sun's energy. And that is a big problem. And solar energy radiating back to space from the Earth's surface is absorbed by greenhouse gases and then re-emitted in all directions. So this basically heats both the lower atmosphere and the surface of the planet. So without this effect, the Earth would be about 30 degrees Celsius. That's about 86 uh, uh, degrees Fahrenheit. So that's um, more uh, than what we are uh, at right now in about 30 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. But that's colder and it's hostile to life. Now, scientists believe we are adding to the natural greenhouse effect with gases released from industry and agriculture uh, trapping more energy and increasing the temperature. So this is known as climate change or global warming. And uh, this is a very major issue that the G7 leaders have uh, discussed during the summit. 
Yep, of course. And uh, it will continue to be a massive issue that we would like to uh, address eventually uh, in the end anyway. Cause, uh, but one person that uh, has been quite vocal about this is this. There we go. Greta Thunberg. Yeah, let's, let's hear from their conversation way back a few months ago as well. Tipping point. Mm. What would you say to, to people especially young people who feel like <laughs> there isn't any point in doing this because no one is listening anyway. People are listening. I mean, there is a precedent, of course. Uh, there, was, there was a time 30 years ago when it really looked as though we might certainly exterminate several species of big whales. Fishing nations, maritime nations of the world did get together and did say, okay, unless we do something, we're going to lose everything. And there just could be a change in moral attitude from people worldwide, politicians worldwide, to see that self-interest is for the past, common interest is for the future. We've seen many young people started to speak up more and more and to realize the urgency, but do you have any thoughts or ideas how we can activate the older generations as well because we need everyone yes we do my generation has, has made a mess of things we've known that it's happening and we've done nothing or next to nothing i mean we have to make major changes to the way we live and that's why you've you've done such a lot you really have You've spoken for the generation is going to have to look after this. I've been bleating about this for a long time, but the big changes came when you spoke. And um, that, that, that's, that's brought hope. That was Greta Thunberg, the Swedish environmental uh, activist who was uh, very well known for, for her challenging world leaders to take immediate action for climate change mitigation. But I'm wondering, who was she talking to? David Attenborough. Uh-huh. So that was David Attenborough's voice. And uh, he was uh, having, uh, you know, obviously sharing his thoughts on uh, on the wonderful work uh, that she's been trying to highlight. But obviously he did acknowledge that his, his generation hasn't uh, done uh, the right thing by mm. reaching the stage that we're where we are at this stage, as uh, he has also been uh, quite vocal uh, about uh, the the world of climate change at this stage as well. Now, Greta Thunberg also said the climate and ecological crisis is rapidly escalating. G7 pours fantasy amounts into fossil fuels as CO2 emissions are forecast for second biggest annual rise ever. But the G7 leaders really seem to be having a good time presenting their empty climate commitments and repeating old unfulfilled promises. That is what Greta Thunberg has uh, Instagrammed uh, about as her response to the big G7 meetings and commitments. So one person is certainly not very pleased with what's happening on uh, the global stage. Well, stay with us on the Morning Majlis. We've got plenty of musical entertainment lined up for you as we continue uh, to discuss the big stories uh, shaping the headlines uh, across the world and uh, here locally in the Emirate of Sharjah as well as we look forward to discussing the world of sports with you up next.
on the morning majlis so do stay tuned to past 95 and if you'd like to share your thoughts and sentiments with us you can do so on the text lines 4215